They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So our first game this weekend, Manchester United take on Southampton. The travel to St. Mary's coming off the back of a, I would say, convincing win against Liverpool. Southampton also having an impressive result against Leicester, coming from behind to beat them. How do you think your side is going to come up in this one? I mentioned to you after the Liverpool game, I think this has to be our, or this being the Liverpool game, has to be our 1-0 against Norwich for Arsenal last season. Norwich, Liverpool, big difference in, in terms of the quality, the name, and the impact it would have. But this is what we talked about. If we somehow manage to beat Liverpool, then our season has to turn around. And I liked what I saw in that game. You know, the first two games, the the manager was obsessed with playing off from the back. And the players, perhaps not up to it, they were, at least in the second game especially, just looking at Ericsson and giving him the ball and hoping he could do something. And when teams look at a midfield three of Bruno Fernandes, Ericsson, and Scott McTominay, Bruno, we know he operates more higher up. Everybody knows what they're going to do. They know the ball is going to get played to Ericsson, and hopefully he can do something. I like that he went to a more pragmatic approach. I think he did well to show some flexibility, which is not something I've heard from. I think I heard that he's very set on the way he wants to play, but I think the way the squad is right now, he might have to make more compromises like those along the way. The most notable one being just forget about the possession as well as when it when the ball came to David De Gea, just, just kick it kick it long. There was one short pass by him, and that one was terrible. So I mean that's a good decision. Against Southampton, the coach is from the Red Bull coaching tree, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, the coaching tree, but we know what they want to do. They want to press high up, similar to what Liverpool want to do. And I think we have to keep that approach somewhat. Of course, the quality is not up to Liverpool standards, but just for now, I think that kind of compromise is expected. And I I think it'll continue. I hope so, because Brentford and Brighton pretty much gave all the teams the blueprint on how to play against us. And we have to counter that somehow, and this is the way to counter it right now. And we, we're not, it doesn't look like Frankie de Jong's coming in either. So we don't have the ball carrier, neither the ball spreader, ball distributor at the moment. Does this last match against Liverpool not bring back vibes where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was struggling against those teams like Brighton, for example, and then coming up against the bigger teams, respectfully? where they were able to play counter-attacking football and exploit a high line like Liverpool or exploit a high line like City? Or do you think that this is truly, truly the turning point for Man United? I know, yeah, I know like you said, you really think that this is the 
the 1-0 against Norwich type of match here. But do you not, do those thoughts not creep in at all? I mean, I didn't say this is the Norwich 1-0. I said this has to be the Norwich 1-0. Of course, our squad is suited for counter-attacking football. I, I mentioned this a few times before. If I were the manager, I would just primarily operate a counter-attacking style of football, whether you like it or not. That's just the way the squad is built. But that doesn't mean you, you're only good at counter-attacking. We saw against Liverpool the intensity. You play quick. You simply run more. You know, we we out-sprinted Liverpool by, I think, 50 times. We sprinted over 150. Liverpool were in the, in the hundreds. So the blueprint is there. I mean, these are all basics. I'm not, we're not asking them to you know, do the rainbow flicks and get past five defenders at once or score from the halfway line. You know, we're not asking for any Kung Fu football kind of stuff. It's it's basics. Go back to the basics. No tactics can be a well-carried-out basics. So as long as that continues, I don't necessarily see how this is the, going back to the social ways of losing against these I guess lower lower half of the teams, lower half of the side teams, and then you know countering these the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, City. We saw what what the energy can do and the playing quick football. That that just needs to continue. And as long as that continues, and I hope that continues, but my confidence in that, rightfully so, is not too high. Spoke about transfers looking like De Jong isn't going to come. Two players who are looking increasingly likely to go to Manchester United. One kind of lighter rumor in the name of Marco Asensio um, would be an interesting addition in my opinion. Creative player can add a lot on the attack. But the other more notable Potential signing, hefty price tag we're looking at for Ajax's and Brazil's Anthony. Very mercurial winger. If I were you guys and I heard this, I would feel very, very excited as this player to me has been very impressive for Ajax. His Champions League appearances have been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I've seen... The, I, I was watching Haller highlights the other day and I swear I was watching Anthony highlights that's how good the guy is to me his pace his trickery and the way he just creates danger for the opposition does he give you the same excitement or are you a bit flustered by the price tag I mean I don't know how you can be 100% happy with this signing if it does go through paying upwards or even more than 100 million euros for a guy whose potential is high, like you mentioned, but this guy could have and should have been had for way less than that early on in the transfer window. We're only just paying the price for not being proactive. And this is, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, going back to the issues of the strategic nature of this club. But if he comes, great. I mean, we've he would fit in like a glove. We've signed Sancho for that right-sided winger. 
but he's not he's very different from Anthony. He's not a trickster. Sancho is more of a I want to say a wide playmaker, almost like putting Bruno out there. You know, he, Sancho is not the type to dribble past players with flickery skills or even pace. Anthony has all that. So if he comes in, welcome. I hope the price tag doesn't affect him because he's not the one setting that price. It's our incompetence and Ajax's understandable reluctance to let this guy go so late on in the transfer window. But it's it's just so much money. I mean, money doesn't matter. Who cares? It's not. That's less, 94 million euros less going into the Glazer's pocket. That would be very interesting if that one or the Asensio one goes through. We are very interesting into the transfer window, this one. Moving on to Chelsea versus Leicester this weekend as well, the following match. Leicester really looking poor this season at the start. Boy, they really look poor. Only one point out of a possible nine. Given they did already come and play Arsenal at the Emirates. Still, you expect more from them. You expect them to go and beat Southampton, especially having had the lead there at home. Chelsea, on the other hand, again, haven't been so impressive in my eyes. They did impress me against Tottenham, but to me, they were poor against Everton and poor against Leeds as well, as everybody knows. And they were handed the result I think that they deserved. Leicester, kind of a similar one to that in the sense of that kind of level towards Everton and Leeds even, you could say. We know that Leeds were informing that match, so you maybe could give them the bly on that. How do you think that Chelsea are going to handle this fixture here? They're coming up against a team that have started off very poorly, but they themselves have struggled. And we know Koulibaly is going to be out for this one, so they're short on centre-backs. You think Leicester could nick nick something here? No, I mean, you you look at Leicester, I mean, their, their form, it's nothing new. They've struggled since last season. And they played a midweek fixture, I think, against Stockport County in the EFL Cup, or sorry, the Carabao Cup. It went to extra or penalties. They couldn't score. And of course, not all of their starting 11 was their best players, so-called best players. But I mean, talk about a club in, in crisis. Leicester, they dominated possession against Southampton, but didn't create anything. That goal came from Madison's free kick, a bit of individual brilliance. This, to me, seems like a team that's stuck. You know, there's no investment in them, especially this summer, due to their financial struggles. There's a lot of talks with their key players wanting to leave, especially Fofana, and that can't have a positive impact on the rest of the squad. I don't know how Leicester get out of this because I wouldn't want to sell Fofana either, but for that price, I think... It's 70 million pounds is being discussed. That's a lot of money. I mean, they they went ahead and did the same with Harry Maguire with 80 million pounds. So I think it's tough because Fofana is much younger than Harry Maguire was. His ceiling is probably higher. I mean, Maguire, he was 
his price was inflated because he had just signed a new contract. He's British. To be fair, Fofana did sign a new contract recently too. But I, I mean, Leicester, they're. I, I mean, I'm worried. I mean, do does Rogers need to go? I, he he's not providing anything special. He's. I think this is his limit. I just feel that they're a club stuck in a limbo right now. Not enough trajectory to go up, but they have enough power to not go on a free fall. And that's probably the worst state to be in. Struggles replacing Vardy? Yeah. I mean, Vardy's, what, 34? Pats and Daka, they've signed last season. It hasn't replaced Vardy. Vardy's still starting. He's still a key player. I, I just feel that they need some fresh ideas, fresh faces, if anything. Yeah, but on the other hand, I mean, maybe you could say the same thing about Chelsea. Chelsea... I have faith in the manager. I mean, the manager can pretty much dominate every manager in the league with with tactical. When it comes to tactical battles, I I have the most faith in Thomas Tuchel than probably most anybody else. But does he... You look at that team, they spent a lot of money. But do you really think that they got stronger than last season? Maybe, barely. But objectively speaking, I don't think so. And I think that transition period they're still struggling with the new owner the american owner they've let go of i think one of the best she was being touted as one of the best uh, managers or general managers uh, her name was marina i don't know how to say her last name but a very competent football figure they let go of all those guys so it's understandable that they're struggling in the transfer market and their standings right now probably unfairly you know i don't think they deserve a 3-0 thrashing even though they didn't play well they definitely didn't deserve to win or sorry deserve to tie against tottenham i mean you could say the same thing against everton as well but i think chelsea need this win more desperately than leicester do at the moment what's interesting is Let's see who Fafana is representing this weekend. I don't think he'll be able to strip in time for Chelsea, but this may be kind of an audition for him, if you will. Well, I don't think he's going to play. <laughs> Let's see who he plays for. Well, he was left out against Southampton for not being in the right state of mind. I mean, we, we know what that means. He wants to leave. And I don't think he's training with the team. Brendan Rodgers came out saying he doesn't want Fofana to negatively affect the rest of the squad. I don't think he's playing. I mean, you can imagine him coming out and just scoring an own goal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Chelsea would even want him after that. But let's see. That's interesting stuff. This transfer window is hotting up towards the end of the, the window. So... Lots of developments to take place there. Liverpool versus Bournemouth occurring at the same time as that Chelsea-Leicester match. Liverpool with their worst start to a season in how many years? I don't even know. As long as I can remember, I'll tell you that. Ten years. That was at the peak of their banter era. Looks like they're coming back. Banta FC is back, baby. And I hope so. 
Because somebody needs to replace Arsenal in there. All right, let's cool it down. You were just last place last weekend. All no, right, let's I'm, cool I'm, it down. I'm giving Arsenal a compliment. I, I, I'm saying replace Arsenal in the list of banter clubs. Oh, as in we're not in there anymore? Not not right now, not yeah. at the moment. No. Good, good, good. Yeah, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But Liverpool, can they bounce back against a Bournemouth team that have been, I would say, brought back down to earth? I mean, they started off the season in pretty sensational fashion. Newcoming team beats Aston Villa first match of the season. They were they were flying, and then only to come against the two Galas of the league in City and Arsenal at the moment, the current top two in the league, and then to face another giant in the form of Liverpool at Anfield, arguably the most difficult place to go in the league. Can Liverpool finally bounce back here or are Bournemouth going to come with another Liverpool shock? As a rival fan, I hope they don't. But I mean, there's all those talks about Liverpool being in crisis or whatever. They're the new crisis club for this week. They've replaced us. But I mean, if they don't somehow get a result here against Bournemouth, that's when I'll be worried as a Liverpool fan. Not that I am. Because Bournemouth, we saw against Arsenal, they couldn't offer anything. And the new centre-back is it's shaky. Senesi. It sucks that Liverpool don't necessarily have a striker or a focal point like a Holland or like a Jesus at the moment. And perhaps maybe that's why they will struggle because I don't think Liverpool will struggle to create chances. It's just a matter of whether they're going to be able to finish it. But if Liverpool don't beat Bournemouth here, I would be very worried. Yeah, Bournemouth really struggled to create chances against us for sure. I don't want to be too harsh on that Senesi guy. He was up against a striker and an attack who are in flying form at the moment, full of confidence. In It was his first game. Debut game in the Prem. I don't want to be too harsh on him yet. Although I will agree that he struggled. I see Liverpool winning this one. I really... I know they're winless at the moment. But I don't see that continuing at home against Bournemouth here. I really think Klopp is going to stick it to them now. I know that they have had injury issues. Thiago is out. Fabinho just came back from in the last match there. Nunes is out. So, I know that they have struggles, but they really should be beating Bournemouth here. Yeah, I think this is a get-right game for Liverpool. I think the happy mood is going to come back after this game. But, I mean, again, I feel for Bournemouth. I mentioned it last time, but City, Arsenal, Liverpool, I mean, come on. Speaking of tough starts of the season, in our next match here, Crystal Palace. They've also had a ridiculous start. Actually, the same exact one. They've played Arsenal, Liverpool, and now they're traveling to Man City at the Etihad. City, current champions, sitting in second place at the moment. They struggled against Newcastle last weekend. Hats off to them for having the fighting spirit to come back, but... Boy, I really think they should have beat Newcastle in terms of just on paper. 
we know that St. Maxime and the gang can cause trouble. And Bruno Gimiaris had a great match. But City should be, really should be dominating a match like that. Coming up against Crystal Palace now, who did have a great game against Liverpool. Do you think that Crystal Palace are going to give City the same challenge that they gave Liverpool? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you don't even have to go to that game. You could just look at the Newcastle game, how St. Maximum tore up that left-hand side and the right-hand side, respectfully, or that right-hand side of City. Palace, we know what they're going to do. They're probably going to go with a back three, shore up the back lines, make the gaps tight, and hit them on the counter. And Palace have historically performed and oftentimes gone a result at, at the Etihad. And I have a feeling they could snatch a point here. I, I don't know why uh, City rolled out so many other starters against Barcelona in, in a meaningless friendly. I think it was on Wednesday, I believe. Why? That's just player, player youngsters who never get to play. I don't get it. I mean, they, they are used to playing midweek fixtures. due to their involvement in the Champions League and all that. And especially against Palace, who they have historically struggled with or against. I feel like a Palace draw is on point here. If you if you told me to put my money on a result, I would probably go for a draw. Draw? Are you serious? City do well against... Uh, sorry, Palace do well against City. Hmm? City failed to score a single goal against them last season. You guys let us know in the comments what you think. DM us on Facebook and let us know if you think that Crystal Palace can actually get a result here against City. Do you think Haaland is going to do something? Yeah, I mean, I, I went and watched the... I think it was the Bournemouth game where he had eight touches. And... You can tell the player, the defenders are just switched on to him. Even if he's not touching the ball, he's indirectly creating the space for his his teammates by just simply drawing defend defenders out with his just his presence. And that's gonna be big again. Whether they roll out with a back three, I I don't know. I think they will, but Crystal Palace back line isn't as makeshift as Bournemouth was though they have two great defenders in Gehi and Anderson Anderson very good at playing out from the back those long balls can be deadly yeah I, I think City, City will struggle here whether they lose or drop points I'm not 100% confident but they'll struggle for sure I think let's see if Pep Guardiola can prove you wrong On to the final game of Saturday. We have the league leaders. I'm going to rock that as long as I can, baby. <laughs> Maybe till the end of the season. Who knows? Arsenal take on newcomers Fulham. I really shouldn't say newcomers because they're quite familiar in the Premier League. They've been in and out of it many years. And, and they're back here in the Prem. And they are performing. Mitrovic at them again. Last minute winner last weekend. Performed against Liverpool on opening day. 
this is going to be a tough one for Arsenal. I don't think it's going to be some walk in the park. I know Arsenal are in great form. I just hope Arteta is there back behind the scenes telling them to watch out for this guy, Mitrovic. And also at the other end of Fulham spectrum, former Arsenal goalkeeper Leno, who I think was a great signing for them, at least on paper. We don't know until it actually comes to fruition, but 8 mil is a steal for a keeper of that quality. How do you think the league leaders match this one? Yeah, you better milk that one until you can. Or you cannot. <laughs> um, yeah, I follow them unexpectedly. They're, they're performing. I think the way we played against Liverpool, we learned or we watched, we copied some of them from Fulham, you know, being tight on the wingers and stuff. But Fulham, I, I don't know. I mean, it's objectively speaking, it will be very hard to fathom anything other than an Arsenal win here just because of the form that they've been in. You know, they've made a great start. So have Fulham. But just in terms of the quality and the mood around the club, I think Arsenal are in a better shape. But yeah, like you said, it's going to be a tough game. Fulham, I think their, I guess, focal point or attacking point will be through set pieces. You know, they, like you said, Mitrovic is is a different class in terms of his aerial strength, aerial prowess. And they have a decent set piece taker in Andreas Pereira. So that is one thing I would watch out for, the set pieces. But would I go as far as to say Fulham can possibly nick a result here? It will be very difficult to say that. Well, let's see. I mean, Fulham definitely have threats that I would be very wary of. However, I think Arsenal have the strength and the capacity to be able to hold this one out and get the three points. I mean, we're in form, we're looking solid, we look very structured, and we have the quality at the moment. So I'm confident in this one. We're playing at home, but I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, definitely not a walk in the park. It's It's going to be a good test for the new boy Saliba. I don't think this kind of aerial prowess is something he's used to, at least from, from the his time in in the French League. So we'll, we'll see how it deals with that. But of course, he has support from Partey even, um, Gabriel, not bad in the air. So we'll see. But I mean, I could see, it's, I'm reminded of that Mitrovic goal uh, in, the, in the opening weekend against Trent. We know Ben White isn't necessarily the best in the air. So is that something that they could possibly attack? Perhaps, maybe? Maybe still. But I don't think Ben White is as bad in the air as people make him out to be. But probably out of the three, probably he would be the one. But that's not to say he's an easy person to go up against in the air. But yeah, as we say, we'll see. We'll see how this one develops. Moving on to the final game of the weekend, we have the newcomers again, but the big spending newcomers in the form of Nottingham Forest taking on my North London rivals, Tottenham Spots. Do you think Jesse Lingard can do something here or do you think that Tottenham are just too strong for them? 
we know that Tottenham kind of struggled to impose themselves in the Wolves game, but they were able to hold on and then grind out that result off that set piece. Do you see a similar scenario here, or do you see them winning in more convincing fashion, or do you anticipate an upset here? I think both teams haven't been that impressive, at least to start off the season. Nottingham Forest are they're struggling to score, score goals. They've only scored two goals, I believe, this season. And they haven't created much. And that is expected because, like you said, they're big spenders. A lot of the starters haven't even played last season, let alone together on that team in the championship. So early season struggles expected. They're struggling to score. They probably need to gel a little bit more. I mean, even the goal they scored against West Ham to beat West Ham, it was just a lucky ricochet. Now, you asked me, Lingard, he is perfect for... I don't think he's that great, but he's perfect for attacking these bigger sides who will give him space. Whereas if he were playing for a side like Tottenham, he might not be afforded that much space against teams like Nottingham Forest. If there's one person that I would look out for, is it's probably going to be Lingard to create something. But I don't have much hope for Nottingham Forest. I just think they need to gel a little more. But on the other hand, Tottenham, I they haven't been convincing either. But I just feel that the quality is going to be there to carry Spurs against Nottingham Forest this weekend. Harry Kane, perhaps, from a corner again. We'll see, but you wouldn't bet against him to score this game. Not a crazy gamble. If you have a fantasy prem team and you put Kane in, it's pretty likely you're going to get some form of result. But for my sake, I'm going to hope Jesse Lingard comes up with the goods and we see a Nottingham Forest victory here, or at least a draw. Well, let me tell you. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let me tell you one thing from watching Lingard for a long time throughout his career. Don't put too much hope in that guy. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. But hey, one can dream, right? And that's all we have for you today. So make sure you tune into the football this weekend. And don't forget to tune into our review show as well coming up on Sunday as we sorry. Coming up on Monday as we review this weekend's action. Don't forget to like. Our Facebook page, the link is in the description. Also, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Apple or Spotify. Don't forget to turn on those notifications. Don't miss an episode. You can keep up to date. Get some good football discussion, you know? That will be it for today. Thank you for tuning in as always. Thank you very much. And peace out. Peace out.